0: Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in today's Clark-rageous moment, yet another time that debt collectors are playing dirty, and I'm going to tell you what you need to know to protect yourself. And yet later, this is Wild, a reporter for the New York Times starting January 1st, lived without cash. Can you do it? Well, wait till you hear what he discovered going cash-free. So you're out shopping now. How you shop at a supermarket, at a retail store, is going through a massive transformation behind the scenes. And there is no one way you're going to see this change. But I'll tell you, one of the things that is going to happen is that you being able to leave a store without paying for what you're buying is so going to be part of how things work. Now, I don't literally mean you'll be stealing, shoplifting, whatever. But there are some rudimentary things relatively, like I use this thing at Sam's Club where I can scan my merchandise and just check myself out of the store as I put something in the cart, I ring it up on my phone on the app, and then when I'm done, go to the door, show them that I've cashed out on the app, I'm done, I'm out. And there was so much fuss about the Amazon experiment with the miniature convenience store where you have to be a prime member. You go in, they know who you are. You pick up whatever you want and you leave, and then you're just billed for it right to your payment card, whether it's credit card, whatever. And so you never have to wait in any line. And that's where things are headed With all different methods, though, the idea of having to stand in a line. Think about a supermarket. Supermarkets have so many abandoned sales and spoiled goods on Friday night because people will come into a supermarket, they'll load up a cart, they'll get to the front, the lines will be so long that they abandon their cart. By the time somebody may discover those things have been abandoned, you got perishables that have to be tossed. They're no good to sell again. So coming up with systems where you check yourself out, that's really going to be very important. But there's, like with the Sam's Club thing, i got to barcode each item and ring it up. The newest systems, you think about what Amazon's doing, and everybody's system will be different, but the newest systems, you won't have to do that. You'll be able to simply pick an item up, It'll know you picked it up, it'll know you took it, and you'll be done. And I'm not talking about 20 years from now, 10 years from now, the convenience you're going to have in the store in the next, let's say, two and a half years in big retailers will be so much easier than it is now. Andrea is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. How about yourself?
0: Great. You're buying a home. Yes.
1: Yeah. So excited
0: <laughs> well i'm glad to have you here tell me
1: thank you so um i'm actually closing on my house later on today but um the question i had for you of course buying a new home you have some repairs that needs to get done um, i only have one credit card that i've had since i was 18 and well just wondering how soon after purchasing a home can you open a new line of credit or what would you recommend
0: well it's actually the reverse you don't open any new credit before your home loan has closed. The second your home loan closes, you can apply for another credit card.
1: Oh, okay, nice.
0: So what happens is when you're going through mortgage underwriting, up to the second you close, any new application of credit can mess up your home closing. Okay. But once it's done, you can apply for credit. Now, it doesn't mean I want you to go apply for credit willy-nilly. It's not at all uncommon that the stat I've seen is that a first-time homebuyer in particular will apply for five new lines of credit in the first six months after buying a home. Okay. And the reason they do it is they'll be going somewhere and they'll be looking for a refrigerator, and they'll say, well, Mm -hmm. you can have instant credit here. And then they go somewhere else and they're buying a TV, and they say, you can have instant credit here. And you take out all those instant credits, and bam, you've messed up your credit standing and credit score. Okay, I see. So so if you were to get uh, one new major credit card so that you have the credit available for the repairs and improvements you need to make to your new home, that's perfect. Okay. And don't be tempted by all those offers when you're out and about for opening the store credit. Yes,
1: I've actually gotten a couple, so (laughs) definitely won't be. Thank you so much. And I
0: hope you love your new home.
1: I do, I do, and I'm so excited. Thank you.
0: Great. Carrie's with us on The Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. So you're going to be a millionaire.
1: Well, I'm not sure, but <laughs> just a lot of financial advice that I get, the main goal seems to be a very outrageous number to me, which is a million dollars, and that's the million dollars you have after you retire. And that sounds like a lot of money. So that just sounds very unrealistic, but even if you hit that goal, why so much money? uh, Well, because um, how
0: old are you? How old are you, Kerry? 31. So I'll tell you something, because of inflation, 30-some-odd years from now, a million dollars won't seem like a million dollars does today. But it'll still be nice to have it. And at 31, it's not hard, believe it or not even if you earn just a modest salary, moderate salary, you can easily accumulate a million dollars in a retirement account. Okay. And you just do it one little step at a time and you know, I have you ever heard me talk about the thing I love so much called a Roth IRA? I have. I really do love Roth IRAs because it's a real deal for you. You put money in it and it grows tax-free over the next 3 decades and then you spend it tax-free, everything in it, everything it earns.
1: Okay, so now I'll be honest and say I'm not sure if I'm in a traditional or Roth, but I, I do a 401k with the company Match. So if, let's just say I'm with that company this entire time. If, am I doing anything additional with, the, with this Roth IRA that you always speak of? or just?
0: Well, it's a good bet to do both because okay. it's good in retirement to have a pre-tax pile of money and a post-tax pile of money because everything in that 401k if it's a traditional 401k everything in it is going to be taxed when you use it and it gets taxed at something known as ordinary tax which is very high tax rate so the Roth balances that out and also gets you to save more money nudges you to save more because you're saving money in the 401k you save more money in the Roth that's money that already got taxed in your paycheck you put in there and so then it becomes a tax free pile that you can spend down the road i like a little bit of each well actually i like a lot of each but little bits put aside a month at a time add up to be big money over time and the raw thing you can put aside i don't I, how much are you thinking you might be able to put into something like it each month
1: each month uh, I would say at least about three hundred.
0: Fantastic.
1: Every, every two
0: weeks. That's fantastic, because you put that 3600 in each year, and then maybe when you get a raise, you raise it some, you're allowed to put in up to 5500 Over time, that will end up being huge money for you down the road. Maybe not a million, but huge money building for your future. Look at my investment guide at Clark.com for the cheapest places to put that money where the money stays working for you, not for some Wall Street fat cat. Lloyd is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Lloyd.
1: Hi, Clark. Good afternoon. How are you today?
0: Great. It's great to have you here. I'm really sorry to hear that you lost a loved one.
1: Yes, uh, thank you for your uh, condolences. That was uh, quite a few years ago, and, uh, and now we're uh getting ready to sell the house that uh, she had and had built and everything. So, yeah, it's been a little tough.
0: So are you like the administrator or executor, or have you been living in the house, or what's the deal with the house?
1: No, well, my wife, my wife's the administrator. She's the executor, and I'm just her spouse. And uh, we're about to sell it in two weeks, and we're going to come up on thirty, about $35,000 uh, net on this. And the question I had was about my house payment my personal house payment the one we're living in see what i should do with that thirty-five thousand. Uh, would i be better to do a b c or d
0: oh so you're coming into this money and you're trying to figure out the best use of it
1: yes sir yes
0: sir all right so lloyd tell me what other debts do you have in your life besides the mortgage on the house you live in
1: just two vehicles some very minimal credit cards like fifteen hundred dollars not even worth you know i could pay those off from You know, with just one suite, there's no other debt other than that. Now my house, I'm carrying eighty dollars a month in PMI, and it's a twenty-year fixed, four percent. I owe a hundred thousand on it. And
0: And what would you guess the house is worth now?
1: Between one hundred thirty to one hundred forty.
0: Oh, so it's time for you to be done with PMI anyway.
1: Right. Yes, sir. Right. So
0: if you took this money and you were to pay down a little bit on the balance, there'd be no question. That you be done with PMI, but you know what yeah. really excite me?
1: Well, that, I, I, that was that's ninety six hundred dollars a year that I, I'm throwing away, and I want I want to start putting it in my pocket and other things, and you know.
0: Well, I mean, but the other thing is. You said 9600 You meant 960 You said $80. Yes, yes sir. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. Yes.
0: Right. yes. <laughs> Our math is getting out of control here. I, I so, have a bad cold, and it's just wearing okay. me out. So, right. Yes, sir. Yes. So sir. if you were to pay down a little bit on the balance and do a refinance into a 15-year loan. Uh-huh.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and you'd that, be and done with PMI. Now, they want a $1,500 closing for this. And, of course, I'm a veteran. I get $500 discount, so it's coming down to $1,500 for my closing. Would it all wash out in the end? Would I be better off to go with a 15-year fix? I only have 20 years left at 4%. Have
0: you checked? How many lenders have you checked with? Just one. Just one. I, was
1: I want you to check one.
0: with more than one. Okay. And see what you're offered somewhere else and see okay. if, if there's – any difference in the fees you're offered depending on who you talk to yeah to make that decision okay but But, yeah uh, i would i would take some of the money and get that loan refi make sure the payment's still affordable for you right, right and you cut off so much interest and you cut five years off the loan
1: true this is
0: true i think you go for it and that would be a great use of that money that Indirectly, ultimately, your wife has inherited. And again, thank you for your service. Today's Clark Rageous moment is a collection agency behaving badly. When I tell you badly, really badly.
1: Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment.
0: So, a class action lawsuit has been settled against a collection agency collecting supposed debts that were turned over to them by AT&T Wireless. They're having to pay millions of dollars in a settlement, and what happened was the collection agency went after 60,000 people and got judgments against apparently 50,000 of them with no supporting evidence or documentation that any of these people actually had any debt to AT&T Wireless. Even worse, they were not actually serving people notices that they were going after them in court to get judgments. So 50,000 default judgments were issued. And then suddenly, people found their paychecks garnished, garnished. They found bank accounts emptied, and all the rest. This is absolutely crazy, and there are procedures underway to clear the judgments that were entered against these people. But the point is that it is a common practice of companies to sell off line-item collections, which is where they do not validate or verify the debts, they don't provide any documentation to the collection agency, and the collection agency uses whatever tactics it wishes, some legal and sometimes not, to go after people. One thing that's very important that would not have helped the people in this circumstance is that if you are properly served by a collection agency... Always go to court. Always go to court. Here what I said. 50,000 default judgments. Nobody went to court to tell their side. And as happens in these things, over and over again, people are hit with judgments against accounts they never had. Has happened with many people, allegedly. Well, I don't even have to say allegedly. It happened to many people In this case, so whenever somebody comes after you for a debt, you have a right to demand proof of debt, and what happens over and over again, they don't have any proof that there's any money you owe, and repeatedly it's because of poor record keeping, or they're going after the wrong individual of same or similar name to the person who owed a debt. Stand up for yourself. The other thing is many times you will be sued against a debt that's outside with some statute of limitations, the period of time someone can sue you against that debt. All you have to do is show up in court and say, Your Honor, this debt is from who knows what year, and then it will be dismissed. But if you don't defend yourself, you don't show up, you're toast And that judgment is entered against you. I got a crazy story to share with you coming straight ahead on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. A reporter named David Gels, Gellis Gels, whatever, spent January, February, and March Living without cash. From New Year's Day through March 31st, no cash. To see if we in the United States are going to go the way of other countries in the world where cash is almost non-existent now. And what did he find out? You can almost do it that if you are done with ever having to carry cash, you're like 98% there. My number, not his. And he found that it was actually easier than even he speculated when he started doing this. But there were times where he couldn't make it work. You know, one of the reasons that armed robbery by strangers in the street is down so much as a crime is because we're no longer carrying cash. And so the crime doesn't pay for crooks anymore. All they're going to get, typically, is our plastic and then you're able to quickly shut those off. It's nothing like when people used to say, give me all your money, and you'd hand over cash that they would then be able to spend wherever. So there's a big safety benefit. On the other side, there's the risk that I have lamented over and over again, and that is that people have more trouble disciplining themselves with spending when they're spending from plastic than when you're spending actual real money that you see decline over time. But getting rid of cash was almost a non-event. What I'd say I learned from David's three-month experiment is that you do need a tiny amount of cash just for the times that you need to give somebody a tip or when a credit card machine is down, or something like that. But other than those remote things, we are nearly in a position to be a cash-free society. If that's something you want to do. You know, that's why ATM machines... Okay, that, I, that's such a terrible habit. ATMs, because the M stands for machine. ATMs are disappearing all over the world. Because people so seldom now go to an ATM to get cash. And they used to be so common. You know, it's almost like the payphone thing. Do you know that my kids don't remember going somewhere in a public place and seeing payphones? And the time will come where only in an old TV show or an old movie... Will kids of the future see an ATM and they'll ask, what's that? Jack is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Jack, you get to go to one of my favorite places in America. Where are you going? Boston. Have you been there before? No, sir, I haven't. All right, so do you like to eat? Yes, very much. The, the lobster? The lobster rolls? And the Italian food are just all world. I You know, when I go to Boston, I net out not gaining any weight, even though I eat like 8 million calories a day, because I walk and I walk and I walk there. But the food, oh, what an experience. And there's so many beautiful, neat things there. How can I be of service with you going to Boston?
1: Well, I'm going on a trip at the end of the month. I got my flight set up and everything, and when I get there, I don't want to rent a car. I'm only going to be there for two days, but I was wondering, what's the
0: best way to get around Boston without having to rent a car? It is a place you don't want to rent a car. Absolutely, all capital letters, D-O-N-T. Well, I forgot the apostrophe. You do not want to rent a car there because it's an awful city to have a car and it's an easy city to get around on what's known as the t which is their transit system the city is crisscrossed with either subway trains or trams and they're very easy to follow and use and they're cheap and there's one that goes right to logan airport where you'll fly into okay so you will you'll wonder how you lived your whole life without getting around that kind of way. But Boston's so uh, compressed, you know, it's it's so small, relatively speaking, that the transit does a fantastic job. And on your phone, do you carry an Android or iPhone? Android. So on your Android, you can download apps that will give you the the map and build the routes for you from wherever you are to wherever you want to go okay and i'm i can't tell you how much you're going to love it and download yelp for the restaurant and attraction recommendations while you're there okay well and and two days not enough time in boston next time you got to spend more time and you get to go see the statue in honor of krista who went to college there Jim joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jim. Hi, Clark. How are you doing there? Great. Thank you. You froze your credit.
2: Yes, I froze it quite a, quite a few years ago, as, as you recommended. And How much hassle have to...
0: you had with frozen credit?
2: Oh, none. None, oh. except uh, to check my credit, or try to get my credit report, and they say, your credit's frozen. Mm. Do I have to unfreeze it?
0: So you shouldn't have to at annualcreditreport.com. Uh-huh. But if you do karma. if you do thaw your credit, mm-hmm. you can register at Credit Karma, as an example. Yeah. And once you have registered, then your credit can be frozen, and you're able to continuously check your credit, your scores, and you know that's free to do. But it must initially be thawed in order to be able to get that done. hmm yeah. And then from that point forward, you can take the temperature. Here's another thing. How many credit cards do you have, Jim? About 4. Okay, so if you got 4 cards, there's probably just about a 100% chance that at least one of those 4 now provides your credit score to you for free either okay. online at their website or on your monthly statement. I see. Okay. Have you looked for that just
1: once? My Monster Mega Bank and uh, it's not there
0: okay you went into their website and it's not there yeah okay since you have three other cards i would think the odds are still very strong that one or more of them will be giving you your score Mm -hmm. the way this came about they were like we're paying for it every month we can turn this into a customer benefit and we'll just give people their score since we're already checking anyway because they would do it to see if they should cut you off or not
1: i see. yeah
0: if you do a thaw and sign up for the Credit Karma, then going forward, uh, at the drop of a hat, you'll have access and know.
1: hmm I
0: see. All right. Has it um, ever kept you from buying something on the spur of the moment at a store with instant credit, with your credit being thro- frozen? Has it ever stopped you from spending money you might not have spent otherwise? Not really. Okay, so it's been no effect on your life other than keeping you safer.
1: Right, (laughs) exactly.
0: Well, that is great, because I do get complaints from people about feeling um, restricted by putting the credit freeze in place, but the whole idea of the credit freeze is you're freezing out the crooks that want to steal your identity and have a field day as if they're you. I'm glad, Jim, it's worked so well for you over many years. Arthur is joining us on The Clark Howard Show. Hi, Arthur.
2: Hey, Clark. How are you doing?
0: Great. Thank you, Arthur. Well, it's great to have you here, and you want to give some travel advice to your fellow listener.
2: Yes, sir. I have been using major traveling websites the past couple of years, and I took a mini vacation with my son this past weekend, and we had stayed in a major hotel, and while I was waiting in line... Somebody in front of me was actually checking in and asked if they had reservations and what the rate was. And I was so surprised that the rate that they were giving the person in front of me was so much lower than I was paying through the major travel website. And then also, I had asked the desk clerk about it, and he said, actually, if you do actually call the hotels, you can most likely 99% of the time get a lower rate than what you're being quoted on the Internet. Also, when they state that they might have two, three, four rooms left, that's not actually true either. We found out that that hotel was actually only 50% booked. And after I had checked in, I went back to the website to kind of see if, you know, it still had said two rooms were left. And sure enough, there was the higher price, and two rooms were still left.
0: You feel burned, don't you? I feel
2: like I've been bamboozled.
0: (laughs) So the hotels, if I own a hotel, and I have somebody who calls me direct, I'm not paying the Central Reservation Service a fee, and then I'm not paying, if it's a third-party booking site, I'm not paying their, uh, let's say, 15% commission. So it depends on each hotel operator if they do this, because some will not give a better walk-in rate. In fact, some charge more to a walk-in because they figure you're standing there, they've got you. But it is a great thing for your fellow traveler to know, Arthur, that when you're shopping for a hotel, we all have free long distance on our cell phones. Just call the hotel's toll number direct, give them the dates you're looking at, and just as you found out, it might get you a better, cheaper deal.
2: Exactly. And also, I found out, and I did a little research from digging online and things like that, especially, Clark, if you're going international travel, check with your airlines, check with those hotels, and check with those car rentals, because a lot of these packages that you're getting from these third-party major travel websites are actually charging you hundreds of dollars more than if you actually just spent 15 minutes to make that call yourself. And
0: And I will tell you this, Arthur, my advice with travel is every method you want to try. You don't do the same thing every time. You try multiple ways, calling direct, trying the hotel's own website, trying the airline's website, trying a third-party site. Wherever you can get the best deal one time, may not generate the best deal the next time jill joins us on the clark howard show jill you're watching out for your dad what's going on to your dad
1: well he's about 86 years old and he's had some annoying calls saying that his computer is frozen or will be frozen and they try to get information credit card numbers money saying that they'll fix it if he gives them the information or the money And so far as I know, he has not given anything to them, but I just want to know where these calls are coming from and how he can stop them. He can't stop them. He
0: can't? This has been a very successful criminal activity. The criminals are most likely not even in the United States. And what they do is they're predicting the future. They call up and say your computer has been infected with a virus, is going to be frozen, and we can fix it. You're just going to need to pay us. Well, what they do is if they get you to give them remote control of your computer, which is something goofy, but if you give somebody certain information from your computer, they can control it from anywhere in the world. Oh and then goodness. once they have control of it, they will lock it down with a virus and they'll ransom it back to you. So does That's your awesome. dad have caller ID?
1: Um, I'm not. I think he does. I believe he does.
0: So you got to teach your dad that if he doesn't recognize the caller, he's just got to let the call go to the answering machine or voicemail. Okay. Because anything else, you know, at some point, 86 years old, at some point he may let somebody con him into taking control, and then the computer is basically a brick at that point.
1: So are they targeting him specifically, or might they're get targeting a call like that?
0: anybody they can get money from? Wow, this is not something specifically that I've seen that's singling out or targeting the elderly. That anybody who they can they can con out of money, freezing their computer, it's ransoming their computer back to them, and you know who's getting hit worse? Are actually small businesses? Hmm. So. If you could convince your dad never to pick up that phone and say hello, if he doesn't know it's you or somebody else trusted calling, he'll avoid a lot of trouble.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Here on the Clark Howard Show, you can ask me a question to go on the air at Clark.com slash ask. You can also post a question just for us to answer on the air. And Joel, you have one from... From Dana Clark, she says, I wanted to know your thoughts on mortgage loan modifications. Is it worth it, or is the negative impact on your credit score too great? Dana, the interesting thing is I used to get several calls a day about mortgage mods after the real estate bust. And that went on for a few years that we had constant calls about mortgage mods. In so much of the country, people are not substantially upside down anymore, which is the reason you do a mortgage modification. If you're going to stay in the home for a substantial number of years ahead, you still are upside down in the home owing more than what it's worth, don't worry about what uh, hit you might have against your credit potentially for doing a mortgage modification because the benefit of doing so with a fixed interest rate moving forward on that loan that would be more favorable is worth it. Uh, some mortgage mods also include some forgiveness of principal because of legal settlements banks have reached, but that is less common as a way to do a modification. All right, Clark. Job wrote, and he said, when requesting a quote for auto insurance, do insurance companies run your credit? And also, when you freeze your credit, are you still able to build credit at the same time? So when you freeze your credit, you're pretty much done in being able to apply for credit. So It keeps you from being able to apply, but any credit you already have will help you build your credit going forward. On the question about auto insurance, when they run your credit, it's what's known as a soft pull. It doesn't actually affect your credit up or down, but the credit you have is dramatically different in terms of what premiums you'll pay for auto insurance simply because your credit score affects your rates so much. You're listening to the Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that I appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast, that you had faith in the information and advice you get. You want more information from us? One of the best ways to get Clark Smart is with our free newsletters: Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel Escape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if you think I'm wasting your time. Go to Clark.com newsletters.